like to call this meeting of the Woonsocket City Council to order for Monday, November 9th, 2020. Roll call, Madam Clerk. Councilman Brand? Here. Councilman Kanoya? Here. Councilman Kiffis? Here. Councilwoman Sierra? Here. Councilman Susi? Here. Councilman Ward? Here. President Gendron? Here. And yes, we do have a quorum. A quorum. First item on the agenda is a discussion regarding the Racist Policies Review Advisory Board, along with the first final report and the second oh, final report. <laughs> somebody's background. It's, there's nobody else in the meeting. All right. Okay. Uh, issued by the <coughs> Policy Review Advisory Board. Um, before we begin, I would just like to officially, on behalf of the City Council, thank the Racist Advisory Board for the work that they did. Um, they put together these two reports and tonight is an opportunity for the council to discuss the findings in that report and to decide um, what next uh, would be the, the next step, if any, or if, uh, if there would be things that we want to continue with further. So um, with that being said, I'd like to put this out to the council. If there's anyone who would like to begin the discussion regarding these reports. Council President, it's Jim. Lawyer. Uh, again, uh, the first thing I wanna say is that uh, thank you to the board, the, the advisory board, the um, 13 members um, for the work they did over a period of three months. Uh, there's no doubt that they put in a, a good deal of effort um, <clears throat> into this. Uh, however, I, I'm going to be very honest with you. I was a little bit um, disappointed in the outcome, to be very honest. And I just want to refresh everyone's memory as to what the mission of the board was uh, when we established it back on uh, back in when we passed the resolution in, on June 15th, and then we we named the board members on uh, July 13th. But we specifically asked them. <clears throat> to review ordinances, policies, procedures, and practices of the city of Woonsocket to identify, if any, those that are deemed to employ or support racism and or bias based on race, skin color, age, gender, sexual preference, et cetera. And then set forth a detailed list of, of ordinances, policies, procedures, and or practices uh, that we may consider for termination. So I, I feel like the board morphed into more of a charter review commission um, recommending various changes uh, to the charter, um, several of which are, are certainly wor worthy of discussion and merit, but are, from my perspective are outside of the scope and the mission of what the board was charged with. Again, you know, we, we received, and I know they put in their report some of the reasons why they interpreted us creating the board, but we were pretty explicit. <clears throat> and we had all received messages from people suggesting that we had policies that needed to be ended, racist policies that needed to be ended. Uh, we had an individual a year ago uh, suggest that <clears throat> people that didn't enjoy his white privilege don't have access to city government, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, we, got, we ended up establishing this board to please provide us, go through the ordinances, go through the charter, go through the uh, resolutions, policies, procedures, practices, and tell us 
give us give us a list of those that again explicitly employ or support racism or bias and i don't i don't feel like we really ended up getting that we we got um, as I said, something more akin to a charter review commission, which is fine, but it wasn't necessarily the board's board's charge. Number one and number two, I also feel like it turned into more of a, a more of a kind of <clears throat> went into a different lane in terms of reviewing police the police department and, and, and procedures at the police department about use of force and and stuff of that nature. Um, not. not not, not stuff related to racism or bias, and although they certainly did cover a good deal of that when they reviewed the police department, but they also, I think, spent a lot of time on safety, use of force, and stuff outside the scope of the, of the, uh, of the mission of the board. Um, and I'm not saying this to be critical per se, but I'm, I, I just highlight it because, one, I think they spent time unnecessarily on those type of things uh, because they said they didn't have enough time, but I think it's because they probably veered off into a different lane. Uh, and number two, um, again, we've had some very explicit charges and suggestions and accusations and assertions, however you want to define it, that the city of Woonsocket um, has racist policies that need to be ended, etc. And when I look at the conclusions of the two reports, one report, the first report is centered around um, the city council activities being the, you know, the city charter, the, the, um, ordinances and the resolutions and the, the conclusion, um, just bear with me. Um, the conclusion I found a little lacking. It says we cannot, because insufficient data was provided to the board, we cannot definitively conclude that the city of Woonsocket is racist. The information received to date is insufficient to prove that the city of Woonsocket is anti-racist. And you sit here and you, you know, and John, John Brian can speak to this better. He's the attorney. But, you know, one of the things that separates America from banana republics and some, some, some bad places in the world is we have a, a system where we have laws and courts and there's a, we have a concept of you're innocent until proven guilty. But it feels like we've turned this around and it's almost like you're guilty unless proven innocent. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed in that. I, I honestly thought, and I'll, and I'll be accused of some of the new terms they throw around, um, othering, victim something or other, and what have you. But I'll be accused of all that. But I'm okay with that because if you haven't figured it out, I don't really care about the name calling you throw at me. I know I'm a racist, I'm a white nationalist, a white supremacist, and all the other nonsense. Um, but I really expected people that made these assertions would step up and say, here, these are the specific ordinances. These are the specific policies, procedures, practices that we are referring to when we tell you, you have to end them because they're racist. And I haven't seen any of that, to be very honest with you. In fact, I've seen some things here that would suggest we're going the other way. Um, so I'm gonna go take a few minutes um, I'm going to take a few minutes. And in, in fact, in their opening summary, they say, you know, this was created, you know, it says, as a result, community objections to instances of racism. Well, what are those instances? And again, I want to be clear. I'm not suggesting for a minute that 
racism doesn't exist. I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not blind to that. But I can't, if people have darkness in their hearts, I can't fix that as a city council person. What I can fix is ordinances, is the city charter, resolutions, policies, procedures of the formal city government. I can't fix it if somebody calls someone a name or does something stupid out, out, out in the street or out in a park because they're an idiot. Um, but what I can do and we can do collectively as a council is we can fix those policies, those ordinances, et cetera, uh, that, that support racism or bias. And I was hoping that somebody would give us an inventory of those items so we could fix them. Um, but having said that, uh, I'm just gonna run through, if you don't mind, on report number one, uh, the recommendations. And again, this relates to the charter. They talked about Providence Plantations. I think that was resolved last Tuesday. So the state will be changing the name and deleting Providence Plantations. So that's good. Um, the other one is about uh, pronouns. Every, wor every word importing the masculine gender shall extend to be applied to females as well as males. They get rid of that and use gender neutral. Uh, and again, these are charter changes that would have to go to uh, a referendum for the, the, the city voters to decide, but I'm fine with that. Um, I live with uh, a number of women and I get that, uh, having the, the term he in there. And so I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, Charter Review Commission, um, we wanna add uh, something that it reflects the demographics of the city. Um, but it just brings me back to when we established this board, uh, a number of us were criticized uh, roundly by people that suggested that, in fact, I'm gonna read something here, if you don't mind, that was put out by certain people involved in some of this. They said, this was back to last June. It says, we were appalled at the discussion that took place at the city council meeting on Monday. For too long, our city council, whose makeup is, com is completely white, has had the opportunity to ignore the issues of racial uh, inequity in our community. On Monday evening, the city council voted on creating a racist policies review advisory board, which was proposed by Councilman Kenoya without input from community groups who are doing real racial justice advocacy work in the community. And I'll stop right there. That's absolutely false. And, I, and I'd be happy to share with anybody the documentation that I did in fact reach out to some of these community members uh, that do that work. So it's an absolutely false statement, but nonetheless, this is during the council discussion, the council majority demonstrated both structural and interpersonal racism. Structural racism reflects the system of public policies and institutional practices that work in various, often reinforcing ways to perpetuate racial injustice and equality. All right. So where is the evidence of that? Tell, give us some examples so we can fix it. And this goes on and on, and it was disgusting. Um, in my in my mind, and we were trying to do something to move the ball forward. And I would say the proof is in the pudding. If I look at the makeup of this advisory board, um, there are 13 people, and I think we did a a pretty good job as a as a group, establishing a, a very well rep uh, representative group of the city. Um, and you know, all of this hand wringing and accusations leading up to it were proving to be completely false um, and without, without merit. Um, so I don't know if I wanna um, start 
you know, on the one hand, we want to make sure we don't have policies and procedures that support racism and bias based on skin color, et cetera, et cetera. That, but then we want to have things in our charter that says we have to do things based on some of that stuff. So I got to think personally, I'd have to think about that. The next one is um, calling for a, a ward system um, and create seven wards in the city. I can tell you, I am absolutely, uh, that is a non-starter with me. Um, the last thing I think we wanna do, and I find it troubling that it's coming from a, a group that's trying to look at racism and bias and all that. The last thing, in my opinion, that we wanna do as a city is to create more divisions and create seven tribes, if you will, in the city of Woonsocket. It, it's just, it, it's counter to everything I think we're trying to do. We wanna talk about uniting people and bringing people together, yet we wanna create wards where we separate uh, and have se seven separate tribes um, and if there was any evidence whatsoever to suggest that people in the city of Woonsocket were being misrepresented or not represented by, by the, the system we have now, um, I'd be the first one to change my mind. But number one, I don't know what this has to do with racism or bias, um, but put that aside. Um, I look at, I look at the, the, the last council we had Councilman, we had Councilman Susie, Kenoya, Sierra, Brian. Oh, and Councilman Kithis from the North End, and we had the mayor from the North End. Okay, the North End of Woonsocket. Okay, so there's there's a, a heavy uh, a heavy contingent from the North End that the city, not the North End, but the city as a whole, uh, chose to put on, on on the council and in the mayor's office. So let's step back and have a look at the last two years. Can anybody point to any examples where we have done anything to benefit the North End, particularly at the expense of other areas of the city? I mean, we're, we're not a huge city. We're, eight, we're less than eight square miles. Uh, the only thing I know we've done in the North End is partially paved Winter Street. Uh, and in fact, we've done just the opposite of, of, of representing ourselves at the expense of others. We've, we've, we've voted against our own interests. The North End has very little in, in the way of commercial businesses. Yet each year, this, the majority of this council, including most of the people I just referred to in the North End, myself included, have voted consistently to lower the commercial rate at the expense of the residential rate. And that commercial, lowering the commercial rate benefits areas mostly outside of the North End because we don't have a heavy commercial um, uh, set of uh, properties in the North End, and we don't have the large multifamilies that pay the commercial rate. So we have actually done just the opposite of what's being suggested in terms of we're not representing or or something in the other the other districts. We have actually voted against our interests, and, and the North End has 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 not completely, but you know, are probably the majority of the higher uh, valued homes up until recently. Um, so it would have been in our interests to lower the residential rate and keep the commercial rate high. And we've done just the opposite. Um, so I don't think there's any evidence. And is this a work session, right? Can I ask a question of you? Oh yeah. yeah go ahead, Dave. You know, that's the exact reason why they, they, the words would make more sense. Again, we might be this benevolent uh, seven working here today, but you know, that can change, you know? Um, if we think we're doing a perfect job, that's one thing, but this would force the issue to get better representation amongst a bigger part of our population. 
I can't, I mean, I, to demonize it, I think it's a really dangerous path to yeah. go down. It's so a, we can't say that we're the perfect people because we do good things. I mean, you know, that could change in two years, two years after that. I mean, you never know who yeah. going to be. And I think that to get a, a change of demographic would certainly benefit the city long-term. That's, you know, so David, and I'm, I'm with you. I'm not demonizing it. I'm just saying it's like everything I try to do in life. Give me the evidence that it's a problem. And I'm just saying the last couple of years, I don't see it as a, as a problem. If someone wants to show me where over the last 20, 30 years, it's been a problem. I don't think creating separate the lack of um, factions in the city. According right. form, the multi-language forms that, that, that they need to do, the equity analysis that they're not done every year. The I'm talking about the ward system at the moment, David. You've right. spoken a lot already, so yeah, all right. You'll have your shot. You'll have your turn. Don't, that's okay. So I'm just saying on the ward system, I don't see any evidence. They might be talking about you, I guess, when they, they, they're concerned about dynastic time served in multi-generational terms in office, maybe because your uncle or something was the mayor. But I don't see, you know, we had people on the council from the North End uh, that didn't, didn't win in the North End that are very supportive of this. Uh, they came in, you know, four behind you, me, Miss Sierra, etc. So, I just don't see how wards are helpful for the city. If 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 um, if Charlie Manson decides to run for office in in in, in uh, Ward Seven and nobody else wants to run, guess what? We're stuck with Charlie Manson on the on the city council. I think I'd rather leave it the way it is, where the entire city has an equal opportunity to put candidates up and run. And the entire city gets to vote for people. You look at other districts, uh, other cities and towns that have wards. Oftentimes, there's no competition. You get one person running, and the voters of that city don't have any choices. They're stuck with that one individual. So I'm not demonizing it. I'm just saying to you, David, and others that are listening, that I don't see the value in it. In fact, I don't see any evidence suggesting that we're not properly representing people. And by the way, you know. If you really want to peel back, peel back the onion on this, based on what you just said, David, about getting other, um, you know, people, ethnicities and so forth, is that what we're going to do? Is it, are we going to create little pockets in the city that are, quote, white or black or brown or whatever? I mean, that's what this leads to. Better opportunity. That's what you're creating. No, no, we want opportunities. Everybody has an opportunity to run, David. Everyone has an opportunity to run. They don't have the same opportunities a lot of us have to, okay. to run. It's not, it's not as easy fine. for them. Yeah, Councilman Kanoyer, you were in the same racial uh, uh, um, racial equity training that 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 most of the rest of the council was in in January. And one of the one of the most important factors that factors into all of that is the fact that intergenerational wealth. There's a huge disparity in inter intergenerational wealth, which makes it a lot harder to run for office if you don't have family money. So like that's that's that is a really important part that it, I think you're deliberately glossing over with all of this discussion is the fact how, that how the ward system how does a ward system change that because because it may it means that the rich areas of the city are not the ones who who have the entire city government under their control that that the city which has ge uh, like geographic racial and class uh, like class uh, stratifications, it means that you're going to get a rep better representation of the different neighborhoods in the city, including yeah. those who are okay. not as well. Jose, listen, yeah. could I jump in here for a second? Can I, I just, hey, second? John, John, I just got to respond to that. Hold on, Alex, Jim, Jim, hold on one second. I just want to say we got Zoom makes it very difficult. We we can all go back and forth, but just one at a time because yeah. people are trying to pay attention. So, yeah. so Jim, when you're done. John yep. wants to add something and then we'll go back to Alex and David and 
But yep. just one yep. at a time, all right? Yeah. So, Alex, here's what I'll say, I'll say to you about your generational wealth issue. If, 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 if wealth and money were what determines elections, you would have won the last election because nobody spent more money than you and your slate. So I'll leave it at that. Um, That's completely I'll, I'll irrelevant. Well, you just, it, it's okay. You can't have it both ways, Alex. No offense. Um, the, um, the other thing is about uh, the council shall have the authority to enact ordinances. Oh, the other one I wanted to make. Well, Jim, okay, council. Just oh, go ahead, John. You had something to say. Councilman Breen wanted to say something. Thanks. Um, just a, I wanted to chime in quick on the idea of the ward system. I personally, um, I'm not in favor of it, and I'll tell you why. Uh, number one, I, I want to go back to something that uh, Councilman Kitha said about intergenerational wealth makes it easier to run. I mean, look, I can assure you, there's no intergenerational wealth here, and I just ran for mayor. Okay, I did it by hard work and <clears throat> excuse me, hard work and raising money in a year that was terribly difficult to raise money. But I did it because I wanted to do it. And it comes down to whether or not people are inclined to get engaged and run for office. And you know what, you, you, can't, you can't force that on people because you, want, because you want them to do that. People have to be inclined to do so. And to say that, well, people aren't inclined to do so because they come from this neighborhood that's nonsense. I mean, you, you can, you're inclined to run for public office or you're not. You enjoy government and civics or you don't. You're plugged in as part of your city or you're not. It's that simple. It's not written by race lines and economic lines. It's about whether or not you decide to step up and, and, and step out of the box and do something for your city and do something that doesn't just benefit you as a person. And that's what it comes down to. And, you know, I spent an incredible amount of time working over this summer to run for office and walking neighborhood after neighborhood after neighborhood. And the notion that someone who grew up on South Main Street and later on bought a home on Woodland Road with his wife is unable to represent someone on 10th Avenue or unable to represent someone on Lucille Street in Oak Grove, or unable to represent someone on Star Ave up in East Woonsocket, or unable to represent someone on Capwell Street in Burnin, or unable to represent someone on Warwick Street in OQM, is nonsense. It's nonsense. You're just creating districts. That's all you're doing. And then the reason why we got away from the ward system was that once the ward system and the people that controlled the wards controlled those wards, it was very difficult to get away from that. And you had the power that was in the hands of very few people in those districts. So that once a, a set of individuals becomes in control of that ward, it's going to be so much more difficult for anyone to get involved or anyone to run in that ward. We have an at-large system in the city of Woonsocket and you run a race, you get involved and you come in top seven or you don't. That's about the quality of candidate. That's about the message, the race you run. And it doesn't have to be about money. Roger Gillette just got back onto the city council 
He doesn't have a, he, look at his finance report. He doesn't have a lot of money. He's been on and off because he's been involved. You want to get involved in your city? You can do that. And it doesn't have to be by elected office. But the notion that I can't properly represent an African-American or a Latino individual that lives in Fairmount because I live in the North End is nonsense. I can. In fact, I was prepared to represent everybody in this city. It's about the quality of the person. It's not about the skin color. It's not about the socioeconomic lines. It's about the individual and the quality that that person wants to bring to office. It's not about an address. It's not about saying, well, I don't look the way you want me to look. So therefore I'm unable to represent you as a person. If I can't do that, then I'm not qualified to be a public servant in mine or any city. So I'll leave it there. One final note, we're talking about ward systems. It's clearly outside of the scope of the resolution that was created to create this board to begin with. So we're having a conversation that is moot anyway, because it should have never been brought up by them. It was to, to look policies and procedures and ordinances and resolutions that affect the city of Woonsocket. The ward system is by charter, a charter issue. It needs to be done by a charter commission. This board was not constituted for the charter review commission. It was constituted to look at what's happening today. And clearly, yes, we can have bilingual, trilingual, quadlingual, however many linguals you want forms in the city of Woonsocket. Yes, we should have people in Woonsocket that, in, in City Hall that are able to speak Spanish. Okay, those, I'll agree with all of those. But what we don't have is when you can't find policies and procedures and ordinances and resolutions that are quote unquote racist, you have to go outside the scope and say, well, we couldn't find that, but we should do this. And I don't have a voice for the next two years, but I would not be in support not in this, not on this council, but I have a voice and I will continue to exercise that voice. But I can tell you what, it won't be in support of a ward system. Thanks, Council President. And Councilman. Council President. Yeah, I just want to throw I, one. I also would. Councilman, yeah, I'll just, Councilman Brian, yeah. I just want to make, make it clear that you do have a voice for the next two years. And it may not be on the city council, but I would, I would be disappointed if you uh, didn't use your voice Dan, I have a voice and I will exercise that voice. What I'm saying is I'm not one of seven to cast a vote on this council. So Correct. if I was, I want to make it clear to my colleagues that sit there now and to the incoming people that if the ward system should come before the council in any way, shape or form, I would not be supportive of that effort. Thank you. Councilwoman Sierra. Thank you very much, Council President. I have a few thoughts I really want to share with, with my peers on, these, on this matter. First of all, um, to suggest that Councilman Kanoya was demonizing, uh, that that's that's a that's a stretch. Um, he was merely expressing his opinion. Yeah, we don't always all agree with his opinion, but he has a right to it. He wasn't demonizing anyone or anything. I think that that that's a terrible thing to say. But that aside, I want to express my opinions on the on wards. 
I totally disagree with that whole concept. Uh, John, you expressed it very well. Jim, you expressed it very well. And I would say the same thing, because if we go into wards, it does the exact opposite of what it's meant to do. It's kind of like, it's, it's supposed to be an all-inclusive thing, but it's actually an exclusive thing because now you're eliminating a whole population that may have the qualifications to run or in the ambition to run for office and they can't because they're not from the right ward. That is exactly the opposite of what we're looking to do. We want all people to run, no matter where you're from. If you have the gall and the wherewithal to step up and do this job, then you, then you should be able to go for it no matter where you come from whether you come from Fairmount, whether you come from the North End, the South Side, who cares? If you want to do this, then, then you should be able to do this. It shouldn't be limited to where you live because we're, the bottom line is we are all people, all people, black, white, purple, green, Asian. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Just because you're not that ethnicity doesn't mean you can't represent them. Just because it, it, it makes no sense. And there's a lot of other complications along with going to a ward system as well that create unfair systems for, for people running. That aside, I also wanted to, to speak up on the wealth issue. Um, inherent wealth doesn't automatically allow you to be included in this group, of, this governing body group. I grew up on Burnside Avenue in Woonsocket. I, I didn't grow up in the North End. I grew up on Burnside and fought my way and, and made myself and kept getting better and better and better and trying harder and harder and getting involved in my city. That's that's what got me here. Yeah, I live in the North End now, but that's not where I came from. It's, I don't have inherited wealth. I, I created what I have through hard work. And, and I think to suggest that you, you have an advantage because you, you you have a wealthy family. I mean, I don't really know. I, maybe one, maybe one, or maybe one of you that have a, a, a inherited wealth background. Maybe I don't. I don't really think any of us have. And if you go back historically, I, I really don't think that's the case. Um, th there are some things in this report that I wholeheartedly agree with. Would I like to see his his actually say hers? Yeah, I mean, I, I get a little tired of that kind of stuff. But as far as making these issues and, and pointing out that, you know, inherited wealth like that. Yeah, no, we are creating something that really isn't there. And if you look at the data historically, it supports the fact that you don't get here because you come from a privileged family. You get here because you work hard and, and you help the people and the people put you here. Uh, I would never agree to a ward system ever. Um, and I, I just want to weigh in and, and say that that's where I am on that. Thank you. Thank you, President. Councilman Kiffis. So uh, the a very basic logical extension of the argument that we're having right now about ward systems is that the General Assembly should be all at large, that there shouldn't be districts that represent specific places. Like that by that exact same logic, that would be that would be uh, an argument that could be made by the state, which would be absolutely ridiculous. And I, I can't imagine any of us supporting that. Um, that being said, I, I don't think I'm going to give any further comment other than to say that it's clear that none of you actually paid attention to the racial equity training. And it's, it's glaringly obvious tonight. That's all, Council President. Well, that may be obvious to you, um, but we'll let everyone else continue talking. 
Councilman Kanoya. Um, yeah, thanks. <clears throat> so with respect to Alex's comment about the General Assembly, um, let's not compare the, the, the state of Rhode Island with its large uh, geographic uh, footprint versus an eight square mile city of 40,000. Um, you know, again, Alex, you're, you're, you're the perfect example. You couldn't carry your own your own ward. Um, and as far as Councilman uh, uh, Brian is concerned, I agree with everything he said. Um, and if he had generational wealth, and John, forgive me for saying this, but you know, I received a a nasty flyer in the in the mail during the campaign that's that uh, reminded me that you had declared bankruptcy. I don't know how, why and how you did that if you had all this generational wealth. Um, so, anyways, it's just it's it's disappointing that some people go that go that route. I'll just say, oh, this, Jim, it's gonna, coming out of my ears, just just exercising my legal right. That's all, you know how yeah, it goes. You know, yeah. you know, I'm like Trump. Yes. So. Um, but with, with lots of generational wealth like Trump. Anyways, so I'm just gonna, I'll just wrap up like this, okay? I know that I'll be, um, quote, to, to use my friend Councilman Susie's term, demonized. Um, and again, I, I honestly believe the board worked very hard. I just believe from my perspective, they veered away from the explicit mission of the resolution. Um, and they, they, they morphed into a charter review committee. Um, which we will definitely establish um, and all of this can come back. And I'm not saying none of this is worthy of discussion uh, or, or there's, there's bad ideas per se, although the ward system, you know, where I am on that. But here's what I just want to say. And I'm going to end it two minutes here. This, I want to remind everybody here on the council and out there in the public of a couple of things that are explicitly in our city charter. We, in the city charter, chapter, <clears throat> chapter nine personnel, Personnel appointments, promotions to be on the merits. Appointments and promotions in the service of the city shall be made according to merit and fitness in the manner provided by this charter. All, and this is the important piece. All such appointments and promotions shall be made without regard to race, color, sex, national origin, religion, age, disability, and political consideration. Okay. So we have something that's very explicit, that it explicitly says we shouldn't be doing things based on race. And then in the personnel code, it's, it's similar. Section three, 3.1, the purpose of this ordinance is to ensure that both future classified employees and those already employed in the classified service will be or have been placed in positions without respect to race, color, religious, political, or other extraneous matters unrelated to merit and fitness as provided in the charter. We have another section in the Code of Ordinances, Section 25, Provisions Prohibiting Discrimination in Political Activities, Section 25.1, Discrimination against any person in recruitment, examination, appointment, training, promotion, retention, or any other personnel action because of political or religious opinions or affiliations or because of race, yada, 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 is prohibited. We have in Section 14, of the city code of ordinances, defacing of public or private property. Defacing of public or private property. A person shall be guilty of defacing public or private property when he or she commits an act to deface or destroy in whole or part any public or private property using any means whatsoever, including but not limited to paint, ink, or other type of marking which produces a visual effect. And included in this ordinance are the definitions, and one of them is de definition number three, 
ethnic slur shall mean any writing commonly referred to as graffiti, which in any way shall cast a negative aspersion on any race, color, religious, or ethnic group. And then we say all, any penalties for defacing property are doubled and enhanced if they have ethnic slurs. My point is this, I think the city, the city broadly speaking, does in fact, contrary to the suggestion of some, does in fact take this stuff seriously. And not only do we not have racist policies and procedures, we go out of our way not to, and we explicitly prohibit that type of stuff. So I feel like that's lost sometimes. And yes, are there bad actors at times? That's true in every organization, every family, every, you put anything together. Even, even certain boards, you can have bad actors, right? But that doesn't mean the city is racist, as some people have suggested. And that's, that's the part, if I come across tonight as being a little bit um, less than, uh, well, I guess they, they, uh, Councilman Susie would say I'm demonizing something. Uh, when, I, when I read in the paper where a member of the board says that the police department has to change their, their policies of, of, of uh, their racist policies and then never tells us what they are, I find that a real problem. And that's, that's where my frustration comes. But again, I thank the board for the work they did. I'm not saying everything in here is of no use, but I'm disappointed with their conclusions. Um, and I think uh, a lot of this stuff belongs in, an, in another bucket, which is the um, Charter Review Commission. So I've said enough for now and I'll, I'll, I'll shut it up. Thank you, uh, Council President. Thank you, Councilman Knoyer. Uh, who else would like to take the next piece of this? John Wood, yeah. Councilman Susie? No, no, I think John Wood is waving his hand. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't hear any. I don't see him, but I don't hear him. Councilman Ward? You, you, you're mute. Uh... Well, I will just say one thing, um, Councilman Kanoya, to a comment that you made. You said repeatedly um, when you first started, you were disappointed with the outcome, and and I understand what you're saying, but. One thing that you kept saying is you hoped that they would come back and tell you where these problems were. And I think I, I go a little bit stronger than that. Not I wasn't just hoping, I was expecting, um, based on things that I had read in the newspaper and people that had made comments about racism in the city, whether or not it existed, I expected, uh, I didn't just hope for, but I expected there to be something in this report, in one of these reports, that would be actionable by this council immediately being resolutions or ordinances. Because I heard repeatedly, um, as if there was evidence of it, of specific incidents of racism or bias, that it would have been something that would have been brought to us immediately. And um, I was, I too was disappointed, but I think, the part that disappoints me was the way that the conclusion is that we cannot definitively conclude that the city of Woonsocket is racist. And there's a period there. And I know it goes on to say the information is insufficient. Um, but it, it speaks volumes that even with the time that they had and we gave a, a short extension to the limit um, that this council could do for actionable items and resolutions and ordinances, it was disappointing to me that 
they couldn't return anything. But it was encouraging to me that they were not able to find evidence that the city of Woonsocket is racist. And um, I, I don't, I, I mean, I'm happy to get into the discussion on, on wards and such, um, but I think that when you start getting into a division of wards, um, you help foster the knowledge or the image that we're not one community, that we're seven different communities. And I think that's the wrong message to send because we're not talking a, a metropolitan here that is huge and, and expansive and, and that different areas of the city are treated differently. I think that from the, the top of the administration all the way down to the, um, every worker in the city, uh, they perform their job and, and people are treated equally throughout the city. And that includes uh, on the council level. One other thing that I would like to bring up is uh, regarding term limits. And um, I've never had a big uh, feeling one way or another. And, and if it was in place, so be it. But I really don't believe that it's necessary when you're talking about a group um, such as a city council or a school committee, because uh, every time when you have at-large positions, you you have those seven seats come up for re-election every, every year. And I will tell you, um, after the results of this election and the money that people spent, there is no parallel to your ranking in the um, final election count and the money that you spent to get elected. So I don't believe that there's a need for term limits at the city council level I would, however, something that I've always thought would be a, a benefit is if there was an interest, I would be happy to support a referendum to go to changing the mayoral um, election to a four-year term and then having a cap of two terms for mayor um, because that is a different situation. It's a single body and it's, it's a... Um, it's a, a make or break. And, and it can be a little bit more difficult to break into uh, a spot as, as a mayor. So I'm not, I don't have a strong feeling either way, but I did want to say that um, I would certainly understand and support uh, that referendum if that was of interest to others. But um, anyone else have comments? Council, I know Council President. Yes, Councilman Ward. I was uh, without the ability to unmute myself earlier. That's why you couldn't hear me. Okay. Apparently that's been cleared up by the administrator um, because you can hear me now. Yes. So I'll start this conversation with a discussion that uh, seemed to focus on ward politics. And I, for one, um, have, as I pointed out at the meeting, at our previous meeting, I um, I wanted to bring it up because it was, it was exemplary of a perception that uh, for possibilities and changes and much of what we discussed and what we saw in this first report had to do with charters items. And as we all know, maybe the public doesn't know so well. Uh, charter amendments have to come before the council and the council has to approve them in order for them to be placed on the ballot. Um, so one of the things that was discussed is, is wards. And I was simply pointing out data 
I wasn't advocating for anything other than pointing out data that we were an outlier and I, we, we are an outlier. Um, and I recognize that we're only 8.8 .8 square miles. Um, and, and frankly, when I think of communities that may use wards successfully, they don't do it exclusively with wards. They do it with a common, I mean, Providence does 15 wards, Warwick has nine wards, there's no at-large seats. But pretty much everyone else, Pawtucket has six wards with three at-large seats. Cranston has the same thing. Cumberland has five districts with two at-large seats. But the one that I think that's the most interesting and unusual, and, and the reason I think this is worthy of consideration, a conversation, I'm not gonna say consideration, but conversation, is the city of Newport, which has 11 square miles. They have three district representatives or ward members and four at-large seats. So to, to you know, I, I don't rule anything out entirely. Um, and I'm not advocating for anything specific entirely. What I'm advocating for is the conversation to be held by a charter review commission because a group of people in this city who represent a portion of this city have uh, very strong feelings about this and have a perception that many of us don't have about the city and how it operates. It's not to say that I would agree or disagree with anything, but I do wanna hear the arguments and I'd like to hear the points of view of the, the various community members to find out how that goes. And for that reason, um, I would advocate that all of these things would be something submitted to the Charter Review Commission that is due anyway, because the last one was appointed in December of 2010, held their meetings in 2011, and frankly, um, made their proposed changes to the city council in a communication to us on April uh, 27, 2011. And in that, they included discussion of, uh, that's actually, that's the point at which the school committee became discussed as an appointed school committee and ultimately that passed and then was undone. But interestingly, uh, a few things were technical matters but uh, one of the recommendations at the time, which was not approved by the council to put on the ballot, was a four-year term for the mayor um, instead of the present two-year term. And uh, then following that immediately was to provide for a two-term limit for the office of the mayor uh, should the um, four-year term be put in place. Then there was a recommendation that the uh, a term limit for the mayor, there was another recommendation, person holding the office of mayor for no, for no more than three four-year terms. So there were multiple options thrown at the council. Uh, then there was a recommendation to limit the number of uh, any person from serving on the city council for more than three two-year terms or a total of six years. Um, uh, there was also a, a voter initiative item that was recommended to the council without any specific language recommendations. Um, there was a purchasing item and, but, but when I think about it, and then it was cost the synchronization of elections that had to be done because uh, the state pretty much was universally doing the even year elections. So uh, I guess my point is, is that many of these items were discussed and frankly, uh, the one name that appears in the Charter Review Commission back then was uh, the chairman of these, this, this committee, um, Thomas Gray, and he was on that committee at the, at the commission at that time. But 
uh, at that time, I know I opposed term limits and soon after learned why they're effectively unnecessary because when the populace and the voters decide that somebody should be taking some time off from serving an elective office, they're, they're very capable of telling them to go away as they did with me in 2013. Um, that was pretty effective term limit methodology. Run and be handed your hat and asked to leave. Uh, no matter how many times I came in first or second on election day, I came in 10th in 2013. Um, that's that's a term limit. And I came back after the city had the opportunity um, to experience other people in office and I offered my services and they rehired me. Uh, I don't think people in the city and voting should be prevented from utilizing their intellect, their feelings, and their judgment about who should serve and not serve, and they do it by going to vote. And term limits happen automatically when they take advantage of that opportunity. So I'm not so concerned about that. But what I am concerned about is, again, uh, the reason I would advocate for the mayor, and it is the mayor's task in the charter to appoint a charter review commission. It's not our task. Um, but that the mayor should consider um, appointing a charter review commission that will include, I think, more of uh, more of the minority community than was included in the 2011 charter review commission. There was representation. There were women in the commission. There were there was Mr. Gray. He may have been the only minority member. I'm not quite sure because the appointments didn't match who ultimately ended up serving, but. It, I think it needs to be done because some of these are real and need to be publicly discussed and need to be then fleshed out with data um, and, and, and feelings, frankly, um, to, and of course, it must comport with, uh, with our state law and state constitution in order for it to be an effective recommendation. And there are technical corrections that probably need to be made that I can think of in other areas not associated with race or gender or the other matters that are discussed in this report. So I will focus on suggesting that, that it's an important thing we undertake. We have this, the citywide conversations about them and come to the conclusion about what the voters will act upon and leave it to the, the will of the voters as to how they want their city to be structured. Um, I'm not going to criticize anybody for what they put into this report. I know it was not specifically their charge, but I don't walk in their shoes. And so I'm struggling to judge them or what they did or chose to discuss once they sat down. Well, I was going to say sat down in a room, but they didn't actually do that. Once they got together to have their conversations and how they decided to, to direct those conversations are not for me to critique. Um, they did what they felt they could do best in the time frames they had, and they presented us with, with a report, good, bad, or indifferent, and it's, it's for us to, to digest it and make suggestions as to how we deal with it as a community. Um, so, as I said, this whole report comes down to a Charter Review Commission, and um, I will look forward to the mayor's appointing of some charter review commission so that these matters and others can be presented before them and consideration given to 
um, putting them before the council for their consideration. Thank you. All right, I'm not sure why. Okay. Um, Mike, I think, I, I don't know who else can, I think everyone can hear us, but I wasn't able to unmute either, so. Um, I'll keep an eye out for hands. I, I, I'm looking through settings, nothing different than any other time, but. Okay. Um, Councilman Kithis and Susie have their hands raised, I apologize. Okay, so <laughs> let's let's go to Councilman Susie. Um, Oh, there it goes. I was just waving because I couldn't unmute. Um, okay. but, uh, <laughs> no, and, and oh. we don't know what's going on, but I wasn't able to unmute either. So yeah. I, I appreciate uh, John's uh, John Ward's uh, comments. I think, you know, yeah, I think, you know, these this group did, I think what they felt was it, it the best, you know, the best interest of, uh, of what they were, of what they felt at the time. And uh, um, there's a lot of interesting things. If anything, we've learned, you know, it, it's opened some doors uh, to things that we, we weren't probably looking at, you know, just the fact that they found out that our city doesn't do the, I know that the town of Lincoln does the EEO uh, documentation uh, that John had spoken about uh, last week that we that we don't do as a city. And, you know, if we bring about that change, uh, you know, uh, a, rep a reporting uh, platform to report incidences of uh, of perceived racism. That I mean, these things are they're positive things. They're, they're things that we're moving us in a, in a you know, incrementally in a, in a good direction. I think I don't think that there's nothing. And I, I feel bad about the the the. the uh, the, my demonizing comment, it wasn't uh, really, I shouldn't have said that, I guess. Um, the point is that this thing, I think they put a lot of work into it. I think a lot of the the uh, the, the, the limit uh, the limited nature of it is because they didn't get a lot of information that they were looking for, apparently. Uh, we should ask about that. I thought tonight there'd be some people from that commission with us so we could directly ask them questions. Was that something that we had asked them to do or? No, this was a, a work session for the city council to decide um, if there was any actionable items that we needed to work on or to discuss really to just discuss the because we never really sat with them to really feel them out they never talked right. to us directly you know that would have been nice i think uh certainly after all that effort it would have been a, a good ex exercise for us to have them before us and, and ask them direct questions questions jim had a lot of great questions and as, as to why they didn't come up with what maybe he felt they should maybe they could have answered that question had they been before us you know right and it, it's i think we just ran out of time you okay. know and that's that's where um, it, it took longer than we thought. And, sure. and yeah, it's a strange world right now. I know yeah. <laughs> everything's more difficult than yeah. it used to be, but certainly with the charter review, I mean, I think that's, that's the, the, the logical step here. And a lot of these things can be addressed and that's a good thing. I mean, it's all good. I mean, there's no negative side of this thing. It's, uh, it's getting us small steps to the right direction, I think. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Good. I just, I just want to, if I can, uh, while, because you you kind of made me think of something, but I I don't want to lose sight of I I think they did a great job on both of these reports. I think that they um, brought up some very good items, some some information that we may be able to bring forward. Uh, you know, for things like the um, the gender of the charter, and and you heard from one of our own council people that that is something that she would appreciate. And she's a hell of a guy. I mean, I really think that, uh, you know, Denise does a good job. But no, seriously. Um, but but we we did find out a lot of good stuff. But the thing that bothers me, and, and I may have said it wrong, but I think, you know, if, if I hire a contractor 
to build me a garage. And I leave for a month and I come home expecting to have a nice two car garage. And when I get home, he built me a swimming pool. Um, he may have done a great job on the swimming pool, but it wasn't what we hired him for. And so I don't want to make little of this report. I think it's a very good report, but it was not what I thought we were going to get based on comments that I had been recently hearing about known racism in the city, identified racism. And I wanted, because I wanted to start the path of, of correcting these wrongs. And I believed that when we put together this committee, that they were going to bring back things that I would be able to act on immediately as a councilman and start to correct what these problems are, because I thought they were known problems. And so the, the swimming pool's beautiful. It's just not the garage that I wanted. And I'll probably be using the swimming pool going forward and I'll use these reports and they're gonna be helpful, but I wanted something that we as a council, and I, this is gonna be one of our last meetings, uh, we have one more regular meeting on Monday and then we're done. And, and this council won't have an opportunity to immediately fix things. And that, that was my only problem. So um, I didn't want to monopolize more time, but uh, is there anyone else while Mike's watching because he can see everybody, if, if anyone wants to make comments, we're having a muting problem. Um, if you can speak up now or wave to Mike or send Mike a, a, a message, but some way that I can know that you wanna to speak to us. Is there anyone that wants to address anything? Councilman Kithis is waving his hand. I just... Okay, can you un unmute Councilman Kithis? I do. Thank you. Um, I just want to thank Councilman Ward and Councilman Susie for their comments. Um, I, I appreciate those comments, and I think that um, I think that both of you have a very good outlook. And um, actually, the the original reason that I I had wanted to speak was to ask. Uh, so I, it is kind of disappointing, in, in my view, that um, nobody from the racial advisory board was invited to this meeting. Uh, that I was under the impression they would be. Um, that seems like seems like it would be a no brainer. Um, and I guess, you know, just want to close, I guess, to, and say that, um, you know, Council President Gendron, Councilman Brian, Councilman Knoyer, I, I really, it's, um, it's frustrating, I think, that you all seem to simultaneously say that they have provided you with, that this board has provided you with no explanation of anything that's systemically racist in the city while simultaneously diminishing the very real racial like implications of racial oppression that lie in the actual recommendations that were made by the board like it's it's like ridiculous almost to the point of being laughable that like you're that it's like speaking out of both sides of your mouths and i just i mean i think i think at this point like it's obvious where this is going to go it's obvious you know i mean no the council's turning over in a few weeks so I mean, I just, you know, I, I think that I really think that you should take a really try, try to take a step back and try to listen to, to somebody who's not 
you and like and actually try to listen to the people who put their hearts and souls into this very difficult task over a very short period of time to actually try to rectify some of the very historical wrong that has existed in the you know in in american institutions for for the last couple of centuries uh and i i really really pray that you actually try to find it in your hearts to do that i mean the, the argumentation made tonight is is ridiculous the way the way that you're trying to diminish the 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 very real very tangible findings of this board um and you know hopefully the charter commission is is more responsive to to when communities of color tell them racism exists than this council is that's all council president councilman kanoya so a couple things um Again, I'm I'm I, I'm getting what I expected from Councilman Kithis. He sounds like the same the same. It sounds like a repeat of the June 15th meeting when we were accused of being racist and incapable of appointing a board that was properly representative of the city and the people that had issues, etc. Um, and uh, I think, as I said, I think the actual evidence proves otherwise. I think we ultimately. Uh, appointed a, a a board that was uh, a solid board uh, for the most part. Um, <clears throat> I'm not diminishing anything, um, but by the same token, when I have a an individual uh, as an example, and there's many, but the example I'll give you here is a member of this very board that says very publicly that the city police department needs to overhaul its policies to eliminate race bias. Okay. Everybody, it's a free country. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. But if you're gonna make that kind of an assertion, you owe it to the city and you owe it to the good people that get up and go to work every day in the police department. You owe them an explanation. You owe them the list of policies that are based on you know racial bias. And we didn't get that. I didn't say any everything in this report is bad. I didn't say anything is bad other than I, I completely disagree with the ward system for the reasons I already reiterated. Uh, but what I said was this: these two reports, as wonderful as they are, do not address the specific mission that the board was given. And again, I just gave you an example. And we've heard this from several people, this type of these type of assertions. And I'm gonna say it again. This individual who was a member of this board said the city police department needs to overhaul its policies to eliminate race bias. And without evidence, without any examples that our, our, our good people in the police department can respond to, it's like saying, Councilman Kithis beats his boyfriend. And he says, no, I don't. And you say, yes, you do. And then we look into, oh, I couldn't find any evidence that you don't beat your boyfriend. I mean, it's just, it's absurd. That's that's where I'm coming from. I'm not I'm not I'm not demonizing anything or making a mockery. There's some people that love to come up with these terms, but it's 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 um it's 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 disappointing um, that every time you don't agree with people um, and just take take whatever they throw at you without challenge, you're somehow uh, some kind of a monster. I know what racism is. I didn't need to spend a whole uh, session talking about white privilege to know what racism is. I didn't need to spend 
a whole session, a half a session talking about school aid, which is outside the scope of this. School aid, we don't provide funding for our schools at the local level, at the state level, based on race. We don't send $16.5 million of tax money over to the Woonsocket Education Department with a note that says, spend this much on th this race and that much on that race, et cetera. School aid is a worthy discussion, but not for this group. It has nothing to do with race, in my opinion, but a lot of time was spent on it. We gave these people three months and a number of them, like the one I said, had come into it with already making assertions and I would have expected they would have been ready to go. Here are the, here, here's, my, here's my list. You don't even have to, you don't have to ask me twice. Here's my list. I've already been out there saying you got problems. And then we talk about Councilman Susie said, you know, they have some good ideas, which they do. One of them is, you know, create a mechanism to report instances of racism. Well, this, that's what this whole board was about. Give us the inventory, give us the instances. And we didn't get any. And we can't even, and we can't even, we can't even, in light of that, we can't even bring ourselves to say, you know, we did a review over three months and, um, you know, we weren't able to find anything definitive and kind of give us a somewhat clean uh, bill of health. Instead, it's a, it's this, again, I can't prove, I can't prove, I can't prove you, uh, I can't prove you guilty for sure. I just, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I find that unacceptable. Uh, and again, that's not to say for a minute that I don't respect these people individually uh, and as a group. I know they work very hard. I just feel like they they came, some people came into this with an agenda and a mindset and never deviated from it. And I, I you know, if you're going to tell me that the good people in the police department have uh, uh, policies that they have to eliminate because they're based on race bias, fair enough. But give them the benefit of something to respond to so they can fix it as opposed to just being accused with a scarlet letter without being able to defend themselves. So, and if I'm, and if I'm, if I'm, if I'm a, if I'm a racist and a white nationalist and a white supremacist and all the other things you want to say because of that, so be it, have at it. And lastly, um, I don't think it was ever the intention. It wasn't my intention not to meet with the board. This meeting was simply a work session for the city council to go through the work that the board provided to the city council as a first cut. I have no problem getting together. And I think it would make sense to meet with the board or a, or a subset of the board, the chairman, the secretary and others uh, to delve into it further. But I think for the first discussion, I think we needed to just, you know, the seven of us, it's, it's hard enough to run a meeting when you've got seven people and, and the board found out how difficult that was with 13. So this wasn't, an, you know, this first meeting wasn't intended to exclude them uh, completely. It's, it's just our first meeting to digest what they provided us. And I'm happy to have a work session with the board. Thank you, council president. Thank you. Councilwoman Sierra. Oh, I'm all set now. Oh, Jimmy yeah. said it all. Okay. Yeah, Is that was way back. Okay, all right. Well, I know that there was a, uh, a muting and video problem with you too. So we seem to be having a problem. Yes. Mike is working diligently on it, but uh, I apologize for anyone who might not be able to say what they wanted to say when they wanted to say it. But is there anyone else that would like to make a comment regarding- Councilman Brian is raising his hand. Councilman Brian, all right. Councilman Brian, if I- Thanks, Council President. Um, no, I just wanted to say, I wanted to, to just take a, a brief moment to uh, thank Chairman Gray and thank the members of the board for stepping up, for taking the time out of their own lives to do something which they felt was important to them. Um, 
we, I think, definitely got, well, I agree with um, that there were certainly suggestions that were made, which uh, were made outside the scope of the, of the board. I think there were worthy suggestions made that fall within the scope, and I would, I would definitely mm -hmm. encourage my colleagues to further those and to continue that discussion moving forward. Um, but I think it's just important to just take a minute to say thanks to, to Chairman Gray and the members for, for taking the time to serve their community in this capacity. And I'm, I'm grateful that they did that. And, um, and so I wanted them to be acknowledged. So thank you, Council President. Thank you. Council, Council President. President. Councilwoman Sierra. I just wanted to say one quick thing too. Um, I certainly appreciate all the work that the board did. Uh, we all know what it takes to participate in something like this. So I'm extremely grateful. And I think that they did a great job. Um, and I would also like to point out that um, I, although I, I, I welcome private discussions with, with perhaps a subset of that committee to delve into the matters even deeper, I also want to put out there that I learned an awful lot by listening to their meetings. We all had the opportunity to join in because those meetings were all Zoom. So just by listening to them, I got a feel for the characters and where they were at um, as it relates to these issues. It gave me a tremendous amount of knowledge. Um, so I, I, I don't really think it's, it's a fair thing to say we, we didn't meet with them. I mean, yes, I would like to meet with them, but we also had the opportunity to listen to them during their deliberation. Um, and again, I found that extremely insightful. I did, I did key into those meetings and I did pay attention and I was able to understand where they're coming from. Do I want to hear more? Yes. But certainly uh, each and every one of us had the opportunity to pay attention. If you didn't take it, then shame on you. That's what I'll say. Very good. House President. Uh, who is Councilman Ward? Yes. Okay, Councilman Ward. Uh, yeah, I I did discuss the charter issues and related matters. Uh, we seem to have drifted finally over to the the more administrative aspects of their work um, that was in the second report and where it speaks to things like the thing I discussed uh, earlier at our last meeting, the EEO4 report. And, and some of the things I think that they mentioned in that second report are valid in the sense that um, probably the, the foundational problem this city has is transparency in terms of its documentation. And I know sometimes finding something on the city's website, um, though it may seem easy to those who know exactly where they should go look for it, um, I think can be can be challenging. And there are many documents I think that should be available to the public, readily available to the public that were not available to this commission, this board or to the council or to the general public. Um, and, and I think it's I think it's important that people have information. And because I think some of the things that they identify and some of the things even in the charter and ordinances that are being discussed oftentimes are, you know, it's not been my experience that some of the things in the charter may have a bias built into how they're phrased. Uh, just, you know, to me, it's neutral. Um, somebody else may perceive it to be less than neutral or should be more inclusive. Uh, that's, I don't think that's a conversation we're prepared to have here tonight, but we have to have more conversations about it. However, I think much of 
the perception of things that are done wrong oftentimes are experiential to the person from their point of view and outside of being outside of being a person in government the thing that people experience is as the quote unquote customer of government and so if they bump into a roadblock or they find themselves inhibited from from access or not provided information that they think they need or are are denied employment though they they feel they're a valid applicant um, denied promotion though they feel that they're a valid qualified candidate for promotion uh, the mechanisms that we read about in our ordinances are fairly neutral uh, promote inclusivity promote um, fairness in application however as others have mentioned we we can write all of the best words possible, but it never prevents people from doing the wrong thing. And I think sometimes the experiences that are brought to us as charges of unfairness in the system are not actually systemic. They're personal with, a, with an employee or an official who is not acting properly in the capacity that they're supposed to serve in doing the job described either in policy ordinances or any other document that they're guided by. And so we have to be careful not to jump the conclusions about something being unfair uh, just, just from the experiences of a limited group of people. Uh, it has to be something where you can, as, as others have pointed out, you can show in the documentation that that application according to the policies or to the ordinances, um, if done properly, would be have a bias built in or some, some racist angle to it. Uh, and, and frankly, I think the reason we didn't get much back was because for the most part, that's not the case. However, again, going back to transparency, without sufficient documentation available to them, the public or us, it becomes almost impossible to measure um, exactly how offline the activities of the employees or officials are relative to those documents that they're supposed to be guided by. So I, I welcome future conversations with people, but I don't want us to be changing things um, because we have employees who are not following the proper procedures. It's better and more important that when those issues are identified, that there's remedial action possible to correct and or separate ourselves from people who would take such actions. And frankly, um, going all the way back to my last term back in 2009 through 13, um, when I was council president, um, we actually did take action against some people who did some racist things and some basically wrong things. And we took very strong action against them. And we didn't hesitate to take that action. And it was more about a person not doing their job properly and acting inappropriately. And uh, I, I don't think this city would tolerate that and has not tolerated it in the past. Um, unfortunately, sometimes people who, are, who feel that they've been unjustly treated um, don't have a formal mechanism through which they can appeal. Um, although they should understand that as elected officials, 
hired by them to represent them. Uh, the email, the phone call, the knock on our door to express their, their concern, their displeasure, their problem, and communicate it to us um, could go a long way towards possibly finding a way to solve the problem. And the same could be said of a phone call to the mayor's office if somebody in the in the employment of the city is acting inappropriately, they should be, you know, that should be documented and uh, filed appropriately through the mayor's office to get action taken to correct it. Um, so again, I, I commend them for their work. I think there's much that could be done beyond the charter. They're not necessarily ordinance amendments, but but a, a further, a more in-depth review of documents, policies practices, um, testimony, to find out what actually goes on and to evaluate it and consider um, what information the public could have made available to them that would help them in understanding what we do and how we go about doing it. And so, thank you. All set. Councilman Ward. I, I will say one thing very quickly on you reminded me of something that I wanted to bring up earlier, and it was simply that um, they identified what is sometimes a uh, an issue for us as well. And that is they it says in their conclusion uh, or just before their conclusion, it says um, as of Thursday, October 22nd, 2020, the board has not received all of the information that it has requested. And sometimes to your point, Councilman Ward, um, it is not easy to get information, um, but that's not a racist thing. It's just no, no. information. So um, I, I do have to agree with you on that. And hopefully um, that'll be a change that takes place. I think there are many good things that can come out of this report. And again, I, don't, I would be remiss if I didn't close this up by saying thank you once again to everyone that was involved in this committee because they, they did a, a yeoman's job. And I, um, I, I think that we will definitely be able to use this. And uh, if nothing else, it'll hopefully guide the mayor to um, set up a uh, charter review commission and, and get some of these items addressed. Um, and I don't wanna make light of the hard work that they did. I think it's, it's uh, worthy of looking at further as as many people have said i think everyone has ultimately said that um but i uh i just um want to make it a, a public thank you to everyone that um took this this task on for the right reason and um really wants to help the city out and make sure that we end up in a better place and i think that is ultimately everyone's goal. Councilman Ward. Uh, yeah, Council President, sorry, I, I, something I forgot to mention. I did send an email uh, just this evening to the clerk, um, and it's not a complicated thing. As you noticed, I read to you from the list of recommendations that I still had a copy of from the last Charter Review Commission, and I'll be happy to share that with the other members of the council after we're through this evening. Um, and I did go to the Secretary of State's website where all of the agendas for the Charter Review Commission are posted, but there were no minutes filed on the Secretary of State's website. So I would ask our clerk if she has the ability, if there, if there actually are minutes on file somewhere uh, to be located. Um, I think anybody that may be appointed to the next Charter Review Commission um, may want to have access to those minutes and the recommendations, because I think the recommendations that came to the council were 
were a whittled down list. And so it might be helpful if the minutes were made available to see what the discussions were and to see how that turned into recommendations to the council and then ultimately to the questions the council approved to put on onto the ballot back in 2011 that ultimately the citizens voted on. So um, I think that will be helpful if we can provide that to the council and to uh, to the public or whoever is serving on that charter review commission. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else that would like to have one last statement? I'm looking, I don't see anyone waving their hands. I don't hear anyone looking to uh, make a comment. So again, let me close this out with a, uh, a thank you to the board and um, ask Councilman Ward if you could bring us an adjournment um, with, with a, uh, a public and official thank you to everyone involved. And um, we will, you will be hearing from some of the council members, I'm sure. Um, and hopefully when the, the uh, Charter Review Commission is established, some of you will put your name in for participation. Councilman Ward. Motion to adjourn. Motion made by Councilman Ward. Seconded Second. by Councilman Susie and Councilman Knoyer. Roll call, Madam Clerk, on the adjournment. Yes. Chris was muted. Chris, you got to unmute. She can't. Hey. Oh, there we go. Okay, Councilman Kithis. Oh yes. Councilwoman Sierra. Yes. Councilman Susie. Yes. Councilman Ward. Yes. President Gendron. Yes, and this meeting is adjourned at 8.22. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>